Юнлокинг, Йоорук, Оф Критивити, Висмарк Стинсон, Копирайт 2021. Welcome back, friends. This is Unlocking Your World of Creativity, and I'm Mark Stinson. You know, in this podcast, we talk about not only inspirational thinking, but also tools and methods and techniques to help organize our ideas and also ways to gain confidence, making connections and creating opportunities to get our creative work up and out into the world. And that's the kind of inspiration we need sometimes. And I love talking with people that have ways to help us do that. And my guest today is Lauren Heath. Lauren, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. I'm so excited to be here. It's just so fun to get to talk to creative people literally all over the world on this podcast. And Lauren is located right south of Washington, D.C. And Lauren, your title intrigues me, and I've got to get to it almost right off the bat. The Empathpreneur. I love the combination of these thoughts, and I wondered if you could just tell us a little bit about the genesis of this uh, word, this name, and what it means to you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Uh, it's funny because, you know, I guess to, to go back to the beginning, when I was born, no, I'm just kidding, not that far back. <laughs> In a log cabin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not that far back, but, you know, I guess 10 or 10, 11 years ago when I graduated from college, you know, I was, I said psychology and then women's studies. And so I jumped right into the social work field. And so I, you know, was in that field for about three years and I loved it. It was, you know, I, I'm a helper. I'm a nurturer, caretaker, helper at heart. I'm always just looking for ways to care for others and to improve people's lives. And so I thought social work was the way in which that was the vehicle in which I would be doing that. And so I did that for about three years and I learned rather quickly, but tried to stick it out as long as I could that just the personality type that I have and where I currently was in my life then, I just was absorbing all of this trauma and pain and all these things that people were going through in their own lives. And I was just taking it home with me. And I learned it just was really not a healthy fit for me where I was at that point in my life. And so I was like, okay, what am I going to do with my life? So I went to work at a bank, <laughs> which was like the complete opposite, right? <laughs> I'm like, what's something that I won't take home with me that's not going to like hurt? <laughs> right. That I don't have to ask their people their feelings about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I, I enjoy the customer service aspect of it, but I didn't enjoy, you know, trying to sell people like credit cards and, you know, connect them with like wealth management and all these other different things. And I had a really terrible boss as I was kind of my last couple of months, he was just so mean and made me cry. And he just wasn't just a nice person. And I was like, okay, I can't do this anymore. So I put in my two weeks. I had no plan at all. I didn't know what I was going to do. I was just like, I'm just not doing this. So <laughs> put in my two weeks and long story short, I decided to start a pet care business. And I did that for seven and a half years. And it was amazing. I got to kind of take my passion for helping people and my love for animals. And I was helping people just in a, a different way. You know, what we did was, um, you know, we provide dog walking, pet sitting when people go out of town. So I did that for, you know, seven and a half years. And what I learned rather quickly is, first of all, I didn't know anything about business at all. Never taken a business class, never read a single business book, I didn't even know what kind of paperwork you needed to hire people. Like I knew nothing. What I learned and what I did know and reflecting back is I knew how to treat people and I knew about empathy. 
And it was really that, in my opinion, and from what I know, looking back on my, my experiences, that's actually what I think just like catapulted my growth. I mean, we grew really quickly. At one point, you know, I had about 10 people on my team and in my industry, there was a lot of turnover. There's a lot of turnover in the pet industry. And I, it's not something that my company really struggled with as much as other companies. And I truly believe the reason why is because my team loved me. <laughs> not that they didn't, you know, other people didn't love their bosses, but, you know, I'd ask my team, you know, uh, we would do, you know, quarterly, you know, evaluations. And one of the questions I would ask is, you know, well, what would make you leave and what makes you stay? They're like, well, we stay because we love working for you. So I was like, okay, you know, there's some, I'm doing something right here. <laughs> yes. And it's sort of a brave question for a manager and a, you know, owner of a business to ask, isn't it? Because, well, you could like the answer if they said they love you, but boy, if they have the other side, here's why we're all leaving. <laughs> but that's oh, pretty, totally. But it's so interesting. You say that taking care of the people, you know, obviously the people on your team, but also the customers as people, they were entrusting their pet care to you that uh, all the forms, all the procedures, yes, they needed to be done, but you centered your success on the people. Yeah, I, I really think that, I mean, you can hire and outsource, you know, anything. And I learned, it took me, it took me a couple of years to figure out, okay, I need to, I'm a creative thinker. I didn't, I'd always identify as creative. And once I figured out, okay, I'm creative, this is why I need to stay in my zone of genius. And I'm going to hire people to do all the other kinds of things. But what I'm great at is, is people and, and talking with people and making people heard and appreciated because at the end of the day, that's all we want as humans, business and relationships, you know, our personal life, family, like we all just want to feel heard and appreciated by the people around us. So if you know how to do that, in my opinion, you can do almost anything. So it was really great to have built my business kind of around that unknowingly. And so then I started a couple months ago, this new business and kind of said goodbye to my, to my other business and went all in on my new business where I'm helping teaching uh, business owners and entrepreneurs how to leverage their um, leverage empathy and, you know, their people skills and, and video in their own businesses, because that's what people connect with. We're social creatures. That's why we're online. We, that's why we're listening to podcasts. You know, we mm -hmm. want to connect with other we people. We want to hear people's stories. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So that's, you know, I get empathpreneur is basically the intersection of, you know, empathy and business. And so that's what I feel like that I feel like empathy should be the core foundation of any business. And so that's kind of, I guess, you know, what I believe in and why the name came about. That's a great foundation for a business. And so Lauren, there's so many listeners of this podcast who they may be small business entrepreneurs, or a lot of them are going to be individual creative practitioners. And we've all heard, you got to get on social media. You got to start doing videos. And it's like, well, I'm pretty much busy doing my creative craft right now, trying to earn a living. And yeah, I post on Facebook every now and then because I'm supposed to, or yeah, I'm on LinkedIn because they told me I had to, but break it down for us. How does it really help make these connections that you're talking about, this authenticity that transcends the business relationship? Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like this is even more important for, you know, creators and creatives, because the thing is, it's like we as consumers consuming other people's content, like we want to be a part of the journey. And so when you let people in kind of behind the curtain and they can see your process. So let's say you're an artist. I have a friend, he's an excellent artist and he did all these different things and commission work, but he didn't really talk about it on social media a lot. 
And I was like, why don't you just like flip your camera around and just take a picture, you know, snag a video of you while you're drawing. He started doing that. And he, I mean, he got tons of business, like within weeks, it was crazy. And all he did was just document what he was doing. And, you know, just post a photo of himself or a video of himself just a little bit every so often. But, you know, even if you don't want to get to that point, I think just documenting the creative things that you're doing, um, whether you're an artist in that way, or maybe you're more, you know, just kind of a creative thinker, whatever that is, just documenting those things and letting people in behind the curtain to see like what's going on. How do you make these decisions? Like walk us through what your day looks like. People want to know that and be a part of your journey so that a year from now, two years from now, when you're even bigger and more successful than you are now, people can say, oh yeah, like I knew her back when, like I remember when she was just starting out and now she's this, this, and this, like people love that. I do love that behind the scenes because I see a lot of people do, I mean, they're basically doing ads and calling them posts. Then on the other extreme, I see people saying, you know, I'm having coffee on the deck. That's not really that interesting or helpful, maybe, but somewhere in between. Tell us a little bit more about that fine line. When you say behind the scenes, break that down a little bit for us. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's all like a balance, right? I think, you know, you do want to share things that are like, oh, you know, I just went to my favorite coffee shop at Joe's coffee down the street, you know, and share them and tag them and, and bring other people and other businesses into your, your space and just kind of document the things that you do every day, because maybe someone's like, oh yeah, I go to that coffee place too. Maybe they couldn't relate to your, they weren't paying attention to any of your kind of more salesy posts at all, but they're like, oh wait, I actually go there too. And then they're like, oh, wait a minute. Okay. We have something in common now. So you have this kind of commonality where now they might pay more attention to you uh, and feel more connected to you. But then also, of course, you know, you want to talk about what it is that you do and, and, and you do want to, you know, sell yourself, but you want to do it in a way that like feels good and is like speaking to people and, and what they're feeling and going through saying like, Mark, you really need my services because this, 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 and this is what I'm going to do for you. Like, right. right. Here's the four little, bullet points. <laughs> yeah. You're like, uh, okay, Lauren, you know, I, I gotta go like walk my dog now or something. But if I'm like, Hey, Mark, you know, I've noticed that, you know, this, 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 you know, we talk more about like, what's the benefit? Like, what is it that you are feeling and going through right now and speak to those pain points or whatever your desires are. If we can put ourselves in the other person's shoes and speak to what resonates with them, like that's really what the impact is. So I think there's like a balance, right? You want to do, I don't know, people say different things. Some people say 80, 20, you know, I think it just depends on who you talk to and who your audience is, but Mm -hmm. I see what you're saying. Well, you also have this masterclass. I think a lot of times, you know, we get blocked on, well, I don't really know what to post, or I think I posted that before. Should I post it again? And you have this masterclass of how to create multiple uh, variations of content, you know, from one single source. I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, totally. So my belief is that video is the most powerful tool that we have online because, you know, like I said before, you know, it builds connection and authenticity. You know, you can see people's facial expressions or hand gestures. Like I'm moving my hands around a ton right now, not doing anything particular with them, but you know, you can, <laughs> you can feel me a little bit more. Um, and so video is super powerful. So my belief and then what my masterclass was like centered around is, you know, basically you take a piece of video, you get the transcription of it, which you can do like for free or with different services, depending on how long your video is and how frequent you'll be doing it. And then you can use that transcript to create 
your social media posts. I know for me, and I'm, and I wonder if maybe, you know, listeners of this podcast could relate to this as creative thinkers. I am not a writer, like telling me to sit down and to write content. I'm like, uh, like what, how, what, what does that look like? I, how do I do that? (laughs) But if you give me something to talk about, or I can just start talking, things will just start coming out. And so it's like with video, or even if you did a voice memo or something like that, you can kind of brain dump or just, you know, share whatever it is that your message, whatever's in your head, you can get it out. And then you can take the words, the transcript, and then you can repurpose that and reorganize it into so many different things. You know, you can write an email or two, you can turn them into social media posts. You can use the copy or or the text to make, you know, almost anything. You can pull quotes out and turn them into graphics or, you know, tweet them out on Twitter. There's like a million different things that you can do with it. So I believe that video is the foundation for all of those different pieces. Well, I can see how it could work for a lot of people who say, it's easier for me to talk and then maybe I can edit my transcript later, but at least I get all my ideas out and started. Absolutely. I honestly just started doing this in the past couple of months. Someone told me, and they were like, oh, I need to write, you know, I was like, I need to write my emails for my course, but I don't, you know, I don't know where to start. They're like, well, just go for a walk. So I, I, you know, when you're walking, you know, all, well, it's always when you're out exercising and you're not near your desk, all these things start coming to your head, right? Mm-hmm. So like, you know, when you're walking, just start, you know, a voice memo and just start talking and then take the transcript and then turn that into an email or whatever it is. It's like, you know, there's all these different ways for us people who are more creative that we can we can still do the work. It's just, we have to do it a little differently, I think, than, than other people, than quote, normal people <laughs> would do it, you know? <laughs> there you go. And the transcription services are getting better and better. I mean, the AI voice recognition kind of stuff uh, is just getting more accurate as time goes by, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's this one that I use that I talk about all the time. I feel like they should pay me money, um, but it's called otter, O-T-T-E-R dot AI, I believe. And there's, it's, awesome. And you can download their app and talk directly into the app and it'll give you the transcript instantly. So yeah, I've used that. I also use Rev, uh, R-E-V, Rev.com. So it sounds similar. They have kind of talking to it or you can download your MP3 uh, recordings or what have you. So it's better nice. and better. Well, well you know, you almost have to ask these days when we talk about social media, some of the channels are not having a good day. Uh, we're kind of down on some of these social media channels. Some people are deactivating, unloading, taking them off my phone, taking a break, taking a sabbatical from their you know, social media. How can we flip that around? Is there a way to sort of overcome this negative part of social media? Oh man, that's such a good question. Well, I think the first thing to say about that is that we have to have boundaries with social media, well, with anything in business, right? But I think especially with social media, it can be so tempting to, you know, if you have your notifications on, you're currently, you constantly checking it, like, okay, you know, what comments do I have? Like, I think setting like restrictions on your phone or, okay, I'm gonna check social media in the morning for 30 minutes or 20 minutes and then the evening for 20 minutes and then just ha- leaving it. Uh, because I don't think we as humans are meant to like, consume constantly like we do in this way like you know people 100 years ago weren't doing that there wasn't like 24 hour you know news channels and all these different things or we had all this information at our fingertips so i think setting boundaries is the first thing 
And just also like, you don't have to be on all the different platforms. Like I'm not, like I have a Twitter account, but I don't really use it. It overwhelms me. And I don't think my clients are there anyway. So I just, I just don't go there mm-hmm. and so I'm okay still, with that. So you can still be selective. And like you said, it's like, where, where are your clients going to be? Right. So like, you know, if someone is a visual artist, um, you know, like a painter, maybe, or someone who draws, you know, maybe they want to be on a platform that's more visual, you know, like Instagram or TikTok, but someone maybe is a writer, an author, then maybe, you know, they're on Facebook because that's great for articles or LinkedIn, uh, because that's where it's more the professional platform. So I think it just depends, like, what are you creating? Like, what is it that you do? And then where your people are, I think is really the two main things that matter. Mm-hmm. And to pick up on your, your title, then, or the part of your title is empath. You know, we've heard this phrase, authentic relationships or authentic connections. Maybe we could hear from you what that really means, hmm. or at least what it means to you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what, it, what authentic relationships mean to me is like, I, if I genuinely care, like I genuinely pay attention and I'm not forcing something. So like an example of something that would be inauthentic or disingenuous to me is, you know, people will like leave comments or I can tell they're just saying something just to kind of say something, but it doesn't really have any meaning. Like maybe someone will just leave like a little emoji comment, like, or like great post. I'm like, you didn't even read it. I was just talking about how like, you know, my cat is sick or something like that, you know. And it's so, only been up for 14 seconds. Right. Like it was, it was a long post. Like there's no way you read it that fast. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's just, you know, paying attention to what people are saying. And I think if we just treat each other, you know, and this is in business and on social media and just in life, like if we treat each other like humans, like I know right now, you know, we're both on two different sides of a computer screen and, you know, but like we're a human talking to another human and yeah, there's technology between us, but ultimately, you know, we're having a human connection. And I think if we just remember that, then the conversations and the interactions that we have online and and over the phone and in general would come about more naturally. It's like, let's take social media out of it. Like, how would you talk to someone if you just came upon them on the street and they were saying that same thing to you? Like, what would you say? Or you came up to them at a party? That's so helpful because sometimes we think about, well, I'm posting it on a channel, but it's like to think about it. No, I'm sharing this with a person or I'm giving it my voice to another human being. So many times, I mean, how many times have we said you wouldn't say that to a person face to face? (laughs) You know, if you were having coffee with them, you would not make such a scene that you're making right now in the comments section. (laughs) Absolutely. It's crazy. I, I posted this reel uh, a couple months ago. It was like, you know, kind of making fun of like how we, and I've totally done it too myself, but you know, how we talk online sometimes, you know, we'll be like, Hey, have, have you seen my new product? Hey, have you seen this new thing? Hey, did you know that I had this on sale? Hey, this, this, and this. And it's like, you know, sales on social media is definitely has a place. Like you have to sell your stuff, but you don't want that to be the only thing that you do and you want to be able to have conversations. So it's like, if you were in a room with all these people, like would would you just walk up to them and be like, Hey Mark, guess what? I have this course for sale. Like, do you want to buy it? I'd be like, no, Hey Mark, like I like your shirt, you know, (laughs) right. You you wouldn't start with, you have your credit card on you. I can just swipe it right here on my square. (laughs) Right. Visa or MasterCard. (laughs) Yes. I do love that. You know, and it's so interesting how some of this comes from your 
you know, educational background, your early career. I always think about how foundational some of our early jobs and, you know, the college, right out of college transition. What, what are some of these lessons that you find yourself applying today that you rewind the tape and you say, gosh, that, that's a 10-year-old thought that just now hit me. Uh, do you ever have those moments? Hmm. Like you say, from social work to social media, where, where was the bridge? Yeah. I mean, I think it just goes back to kind of what you were saying. It's like the, the words that we use and the way in which we communicate with people and how we, how we talk and the conversations that we have are so important. I know, um, you know, when I was training to work at the domestic violence shelter that I used to, to work at, we did a lot of role play exercises where, you know, the volunteer who we're working with was pretending to be someone in the shelter. And they would say things that were like, you know, kind of abrupt that you, if you didn't have training, you might say the quote, like wrong thing. So, you know, we would kind of prepare and, and really think about the language that we're using. And so I think looking back kind of at that, and again, just thinking about how I interact with clients and, and potential clients and people that I meet, is just like your words matter and you want to make sure that you're being really considerate of other people's feelings. So I think that's something like why don't we teach that in school? You know, like I never, I feel like I never really had a class on that, maybe except for in psychology, you know, when I thought I was going to become a therapist at some point. So I did more clinical stuff, but it's like outside of that, you know, I don't feel like we learn how to have these kind of conversations and dialogues, especially around really hard topics and, and subjects, you know, um, which brings it back to what you're saying about people just saying whatever in the comments and not really thinking about the person that's on the other end. But, you know, our words really do matter. Yes. Well, Lauren, as you're now growing your new business venture, what do you see over the horizon? How do you see the next creative steps for you and how things are shaping up? Oh, gosh. I mean, my long-term vision, I would, I want to help as many business owners, especially women and non-binary folk as I can. I, I think that's just like my dream is to be able to help people who maybe are either new in their business or just starting out, or maybe they've been in business for a while and just want to take it to the next level. And I, I want to be able to help those people because I've been the person where you feel stuck and you feel like you're kind of like hiding behind like your logo or behind like your company's name. And we're really afraid to like put myself out there. And so I think being able to really step outside, like step out in the front in the spotlight, almost in a way, and, and not feel like you're being like, trying to be the center of attention or anything, just kind of owning that in a way and being like, yeah, like this is my business. I wanna, I wanna help women and non-binary folk really own that space and to really own their brand and just to really take it to the next level. So I would love to be able to, you know, coach people and have that be like my main service and, you know, do group coaching. And I wanna continue to create classes because I'm, learning rather quickly that I just love teaching. And if there's something that I know how to do, I'm like, oh, I need to, I need to share it with everybody. I want everybody to have this knowledge. Everyone needs to know. Well, that's good. And maybe I'll ask you to clarify that a little bit, because as I said, you know, oftentimes the small business people and the creative uh, creators that are listening to this podcast want to know, you know, I'm just an individual practitioner, but how can I engage? So you, you described a coaching, you described some groups, some classes, shape it up for us a little bit. What are your offerings? Yeah. I call them that. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, right now I, I have a class and I hope to create many more classes, but my class is called Vibrant on Video. So I'll be launching that soon. And that's where I'm helping 
um, many different people basically who are feel uncomfortable showing up on video and you know don't really know how to create content or where they would even start when it comes to video. So I'm helping people kind of overcome those fears and to really step into the spotlight and just again just really own it. So that's um, you know, the course that I'm creating right now. That's I'll be launching very soon. So creating more classes, you know, about video and just for entrepreneurs and, and business owners and creatives in general. And then um, coaching is something that I've gotten more into recently where, you know, I know I always had a mentor in business, you know, since I started and it was, it was really helpful to work with someone who had been there and had been in my shoes and had advice and could have kind of advised me so I could maybe avoid some of the mistakes or struggle struggles that they had had and really kind of walk me through it and be a, a sounding board because I know a lot of us we have friends we have family but maybe we don't have friends or we, we don't know people who maybe are in business or maybe who get what it is that we do so to be able to have someone who is like your almost like your accountability partner in a way that you know knows your business who knows you who knows where you're at and can really be you know a sounding board I think is so essential in any kind of, you know, creative uh, endeavor or business. So yeah. good. It's, it sounds like an exciting ramp. I love to hear the kind of growth trajectory and the vision of helping these people that you feel passionate about, which I think uh, is key as well, don't you? You know, that if oh, you yeah. find something that's going to get you up every day and people you can truly serve and help. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think sometimes we get so caught up in like, okay, so like, what am I going to do? And like, what is it that I offer? Or like, should I do this? Or should I package things this way? And it's just like, okay, stop thinking about all of that. Pretend that that's just close your eyes. Like, what is it that you love to do? Like what lights you up, makes you excited and whatever that is, lean into that and figure out how to do that. I know there's so many, you know, creative people out there who feel like, they need to do all of the things because there's people out there who are doing all of the things and that's totally fine, but I'm not a writer. I have no desire to write a, a, a book at this point in my life. <laughs> I have no desire to like have a blog or do anything that's really heavily, you know, writing involved, but you know, and that's okay because there's other people doing that. So I think just leaning into our strengths is, is so important in our passions. That's so interesting you say that because yes, there's 101 ideas going at all times, right? And just like you said, well, so-and-so is doing it. Or that is the way somebody said, I have to do it. Well, we can do it our own way. That's great yeah. encouragement. I appreciate that. Well, Lauren, what a great conversation. I so much enjoyed our exchange here. How can people connect with you and see what you're doing and maybe take some tips from what you're doing? Because it's really good. Thank you. And I would love to, to learn from other people in your audience as well, because I, I think there's always something to be learned from you know, everyone brings something to the table, but you can find me at the empathpreneur.com or at empathpreneur on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Well, folks, right after you in this podcast, if you don't go over to Instagram and look up Lauren's channel, you've missed it. So there's some great posts, great ideas, all the techniques that she's described that we could learn from. She certainly set the example. So Lauren, thanks again for sharing all your experiences and your insights. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. And listeners, come back again next time. We'll continue our around the world journey to talk to creative people who are doing creative things, where they get their ideas, the inspiration behind them, but also the kinds of approaches they use to organize their ideas and get their work out into the world, because that's our goal here. We're unlocking your world of creativity. I'm Mark Stenson. 
and we'll see you next time. Unlocking your learning, all creativity, with Mark Stinson. We've created a special offer just for listeners of the podcast. You can get our book, A World of Creativity. Paperback is at a special price of $5.98, and the Kindle version is only $0.99. Cents. Go to my website, mark-stinson.com. The book is featured on the homepage. You can click it and go to Amazon, mark-stinson.com, and enjoy the book.